Hey, welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, the go-to business management podcast for Australian bookkeepers running a business. Tune in for practical lessons, inspiring stories, guest speakers and resources to help you work smarter in the way you do business. And now your host, Amy Hook, is here to help you build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for coming back again to join me today. I have a very special guest, as promised from last week, somebody to talk to you about B2B selling and sales, as well as personal branding and a few other uh, topics that tie into that. So who better to talk to you about this topic than somebody who's written more than 500 articles on B2B selling and has been published in magazines and websites, writes about sales leadership, knows all about social selling and creating sales pipelines, which you'll learn about a little bit later on. Um, so our guest is a best-selling author, uh, has written two excellent books, Combo Prospecting and The Joshua Principle, which I have read both of those and gleaned lots of excellent information about sales from there, and uh, an award-winning b2b sales blogger so i want to introduce you to tony j hughes so tony has three decades of record-breaking performance and business leadership experience and so he's going to be talking to us about all of this thank you for joining me today tony why don't you kick off with introducing yourself and saying a little bit about what you do in your background yeah thanks amy and really excited to be on the podcast um, uh, I've had, I guess, 35 years in business and sales. When I was young, I ran my own company in Australia. We built it and sold it. Uh, I then went to America uh, really young at the age of 25, thinking I was going to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. <laughs> uh, instead of that, I lost a lot of money and learned heaps um, and came back to, an Australia, to Australia. But when we'd sold the business, originally we were getting royalties for 12 years and part of that was non-compete. So when I came back, I needed to do something completely different. And my big lesson in America was as negative as I was about the whole notion of selling. Um, I realized that unless you can personally sell and market in life, you're nowhere as a business person uh, and you've got no chance of succeeding as an entrepreneur. So I wow. actually, you know what? I don't know what I want to do, but I'll go get a job in sales. It's a skill I need to develop. And um, I ended up uh, setting records that have never been broken. I'd end up being promoted to become sales manager of companies, eventually MD. So the last 12 years of my corporate life, um, I ended up running the Asia Pacific region for big North American multinationals. And about five years ago, I, uh, I left all of that and went out on my own as a consultant. So I guess I've got a little bit uh, of empathy for people watching this and something in common that uh, you know, I had to go out and find my own clients as a one man band consultancy. Um, and I cracked the code of, uh, of actually doing that. And I'm, I'm happy to share what those sort of tips and tricks are. So last five years, I've um, uh, built a company called RSP Selling. I do a lot of keynote speaking around the world. And I train uh, big, large enterprise style sales organizations um, on how to sell and do a lot of work with organizations around customer experience and how they can uh, retain and grow uh, their really important accounts as well. 
Fantastic. And, uh, you know, what I, what I really got out of what you just said, Ben, is that, um, you know, I love the fact that you've been through that real life journey of experiencing the highs and lows of what it's like to run a business. And also, as you said, the, the one being a one man band, which uh, many of our listeners are in that position. Um, yeah, it, it, it's great that, you, you know, it's been able to give you that depth of experience to build your consulting career, uh, you know, on top of that experience, good and bad, which is good yeah. as well. It's not all perfect. <laughs> love it. Okay, great. So um, I guess a great place to start would um, be for you to talk to us about your own journey. So even though you're in a different domain, so your your main domain is, um, you know, your, your main audience is speaking to salespeople about B2B selling. So what's been your approach to building your own brand and starting um, starting out in, in your marketplace and how that contrasts to how bookkeepers run? Yeah, so look, I'll, I'll try and make this all about the bookkeepers rather than yeah, me, but uh, sure. this provides some some examples. So Absolutely. the first thing for all of us is that um, we need to create an authentic narrative. In other words, the, the conversation we want to have with potential clients that's relevant to those clients, that's all about them and all about us. So the first thing I'd say is when you think about trying to create a new business, the way we're all wired as people is if someone says, what do you do? It's really kind of a trick question because they're not interested in what we do. They're just being polite. <laughs> yeah. I love your honesty, Tony, I have to say. <laughs> yeah. Straight to the point. It's good. Yeah, but, off, but, but often you go to parties and people say, oh, what do you do for a living? You know, and you, you start answering the question and you can tell very quickly that people aren't really interested in just being polite, <laughs> yep. right? So, yeah, that's right. And the thing we instinctively know in life is that if you want people to like you, want to build rapport with others, be interested in them. Don't bang on about yourself all the time. Yeah. So the thing is, even when a client says, oh, so what do you do? The temptation is to talk about us and our attributes. Oh, you know, I'm a bookkeeper. I've got these qualifications. I work with these clients. I've been doing it for this long. I specialize in these areas. But talking about us and what we do really doesn't um, do what's needed in the mind of the buyer. Um, the thing they are really thinking, even though they don't say it, is why should I care? What, wow. <laughs> the reality is the best it gets for anybody in the world when someone says, what do you do? The best it gets is we've got up to seven seconds before the person starts thinking on the phone, you know, how do I get off this call? How do I find an excuse to kind of disengage? Yes. But what happens before they physically disengage from us is their mind starts wandering. So mm. uh, another interesting sort of factoid for people is that uh, we typically talk at about 125 words a minute, but people think at anywhere from 600 to 1500 words. A minute. People really think in images, but in terms of, 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 uh, of vocabulary and words, they're thinking four, five, six times faster than we speak. And what that means is if we're not very engaging, they take mental journeys. It happens to people all the time thinking, man, absolutely. I that email yesterday, I was meant to, I forgot. So when someone says, what do you do? We've got to hook their interest really quickly. And we've got to do that by talking about them and their outcomes. So if you were a bookkeeper talking to, I don't know, a tradesperson, you know, your answer might be, I help tradespeople focus on bringing money in their trade and get rid of all of the hassles and, and time consumed by, by doing their bookkeeping. Now, I'm not saying I answered that well, but you think, you know, what, what does the trade you want? What he wants is he doesn't want any hassles trying mm. to bookkeeping. He doesn't want any risk or problems with the tax office. They just want to focus on going in and doing their work and getting invoices out the door. 
Um, so you just got to think about what's the problem I really solve for the person I'm talking to and make it all about that. And if you do a good job of that, people will typically say to you, how do you do that? And now they're ready to listen, you know, about the fact that hmm. what, what I've done is I've gone and built relationships with the two best cloud accounting platforms out there, MYB, MYOB and Xero, mm. to get it implemented for tradespeople really easily. Because typically the only reason they haven't done it is it's all too complicated. So I can make the process of getting invoices generated um, out the door instantly so you get paid faster. Again, you're talking about what they want. They want to get paid faster. They don't want a paper bookkeeper. Yeah. They, they don't want accounting hassles. They do want to get paid quicker. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the reason that's prevented them from putting systems in place to do it is they don't understand the tech, right? So if you say, you know, I've taken the time to understand the tech so I can make the process easy for you as a tradie um, to automate the process of getting invoices out the door to get paid quicker. And, and in a way where you don't have any hassles with the tax office, your whole bass is easy and you get time back in your life. And what they're thinking is, I need someone like that. Yes, that's right. But they're not interested in someone that wants to come and try and boil the ocean, you know, in their approach of understanding their needs and yeah, account structure or whatever all of the other things are. So, yep. first thing is create a narrative. I call it a narrative um, that has a point of view that's relevant for that potential client, depending on who they are. So, when I go, because I engage typically, and typically uh, I work with CEOs or heads of sales for big corporates, and um, you know, so when they say, "What do I do?" I say, "Well, if I'm talking to the head of sales, I would say I help the head of sales people in your role." give their boss, the CEO, a forecast that they actually believe and I can help you get more of your salespeople hitting their number um, with more quality pipelining behind what they're doing. When, when does it make sense to get 20 minutes together to have a chat? Right? What I don't talk about is my keynote speeches I do, my training courses, my IP, my tools, my methodologies because they don't want more tools and methodologies. They don't want to take their people away from customers to do training. They just want more of their people hitting their number and doing it predictably so they can give their boss a forecast that doesn't jeopardize their own job. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, fantastic. And um, I guess the, the first thing that kind of um, really uh, hit me in what you were saying and that I think, um, um, you know, the, the audience will uh, benefit from is that because what you said is, I mean, it is true that when you speak to someone that, you know, it, I mean, especially when you're in the accounting field, as soon as you tell someone that you're an accountant, when they say, what do you do, that they, they instantly glaze over and the common response is, wow, isn't that boring? Like, that's the kind of common thing. And then it's dead. Like, as soon as you say that when you're out socially or anything like that the conversation can really come to an end. And so I love the fact that you said, um, what, why should I care? And so I guess uh, what, what, what I was wondering is, um, you know, because you said about how you have seven seconds to capture their attention. Now in the bookkeeping industry, we're big on developing our elevator pitch, but seven seconds is a pretty short elevator ride. So it really, is. It really um, you don't have time, you don't have the time that you get in an elevator to, to sell yourself. And so how, I mean, obviously you're going you're gonna to cover all of this, but how does someone communicate with someone to, um, you know, to care about what they do in seven seconds? So again, it, it, we all need to understand what our ideal customer profile looks like in the yeah. sales training industry. It's called the ICP, mm. ideal customer profile, because the reality is not, not everyone in the world is a prospect for you as a person watching this. So That's you right. need to be clear about 
what your target market is. So, you know, whether you target, you know, I don't know, people in the entertainment industry, whether you target tradies, the particular types of trades you approach, is it professional services businesses? But, you know, you need some kind of, of speciality where you have domain expertise because that can help you do your job more efficiently and differentiate you. But so you need to know what does an ideal customer profile look like? And then within that ICP, who are the buyer personas that I would need to engage with if I wanted to secure a client? If you're selling into small business, it's the business owner, right? But maybe it's not just the business owner, it's their partner. Right. Yeah, so, that's right. So, the, so the reason that the partner, if it's a husband and wife business, for example, very common. Yeah. The reason that the partner of the primary business owner that's driving it, the reason the partner should want you to come on board as bookkeeper is because it's going to give uh, their partner time back to invest into their family. Right. And it's going to reduce the stress levels. So obviously um, stress and being a workaholic and away from your family all the time being always on is very bad for someone's life. So again, if you know, you're within seven seconds, you know, why should you care? What's my point of view about why a conversation matters for us? Or the partner of the business owner would be slightly different. So, hey, the, the reason I think it makes sense to have a chat is I've got an idea or I've got some ways that Bill here can get time back to spend with the family and dial down the stress levels associated with running the business. Yeah. Right? That's yeah. You're talking to you're talking to the person themselves. Um, hey, the, the the reason I wanted to have a chat is I've got some ideas on how you can uh, get time back in your life around all of the admin things, uh, and in a way that gets you paid faster. When can we find twenty minutes? Mm. So, really, that simple. Just make it a double-edged thing. But if you understand your ideal customer profile and you understand the person you're trying to have a conversation with, sell to in essence, mm. you need to know what matters to them. Right? Yep. So, um, and if you drive a conversation that way, that's, that, that, that's how you break through. So, hey, I've got some ideas on how you can reduce the amount of time you're spending doing admin and in a way that eliminates any hassles with the tax office and gets you paid faster. When, when could we get 20 minutes? Yeah. yeah. What they'll do is they go, how, how do you think you can do that for me? And you say, well, it would, de it would depend largely on how you're running the business right now. How's your diary? Let's, let's, let's get 20 minutes for, for, for a coffee. You know, hey, yeah. you're a baby, you know, have it, have it four o'clock one afternoon next week on your way home. Um, let's have a 20 minute coffee. Um, whether we end up doing anything or not, I've definitely got some ideas I think you could benefit from anyway. Right. So you want to make sure you're providing value, value. Yeah. to people. Yep. Rather than thinking they only get value if they become my client. Yep. Um, yeah. Okay. I love that because what you've done is you've actually really brought to life something that I have been talking to the bookkeepers about um, quite a lot, which is you, you've, you've shed light on kind of, there's, there's a bit of a gap in our, the, the, look, the value proposition for the bookkeeping industry is uh, we take care of the book so you can take care of the business. Mm -hmm. And so what I've been speaking to our clients about and, and our listeners as well is we need to, we need to connect the dots because you can say, um, you know, our service helps you grow your business, but in the business owner's mind, they don't see the connection between bookkeeping and growing their business, for example. So what you've just actually clarified is like, um, you know, is 
what goes in that gap to join the two together? How does bookkeeping help a business aside from keeping the compliance done and the regular stuff, which is just a bit of a pesk yeah. for people? You know, we've got a lot of bookkeepers that are wanting to step in above and beyond what they've currently been doing and really express the gifts that they have to their clients and to really deeply help the clients because a bookkeeper sees the business owner, speaks to them every, sometimes every day, but every, at least every week. They're very intimate with the business. Yeah owners they can walk straight that you know they have their personal phone number they know things about the business that you know the business owner might not have even told their own family they're in a very very trusted position there but they're not yeah. sure how to get from I'm a bookkeeper to this is the value I can provide and I think what you said join the dot and it was the when you said I have some ideas that will help you even just expressing that they have ideas and then setting up a time yeah. to share those ideas. I, I actually see that as the connection between those points. And then you have the opportunity to color in, you know, in between the lines once you meet with them. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I, and I love that sort of tagline, you know, um, uh, we, we, we focus on the book so you can focus on the business. I, yeah. I, I really like that, but then you need a, like another layer of depth to it. Absolutely. That's kind of a, that's kind of a bit cheesy and cliche. Right? I know. That's what I've been telling them. I'm like, you can't have this anymore, but it's got to be deeper. Yeah. Well, it's kind of a marketing tagline, which is fine, but Absolutely. Go, well, what does that really mean? No. Go, yeah. Well, what it means is it gives you time back, right? To grow your business and spend time with your family. Yeah. And it reduces your stress levels. It reduces your risk in these three areas. I don't know what the three are, but the book no. will, but it reduces your risks in these areas and it makes sure you get paid quicker. So that that's right. Cash flow is being looked after in your business. Absolutely. And also what something you made a point right back at the very start, which is don't assume that, that they're the things that the client wants. It actually comes from asking questions and listening to them as opposed to talking about yourself and your services. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other thing I just want to sh share with people from a selling point of view, because I know that bookkeepers aren't salespeople, I get that, but anybody who's in their own business has to be able to sell. That was my big lesson in America that I learned. Um, it got me away from my, my negative mindset about selling. Um, but, but the reality too is we need to anticipate what in the sales industry is called objections. So if we give our elevator pitch or we say why we want to meet and then someone pushes mm. us, that's right. Sales industry parlance, that's because oh, you, you, you actually got an objection. Yep. My view is that objections are for amateurs. If we do <laughs> it's often because we didn't position well. That's right. right. So mm -hmm. We need to think about what, what are the common pushbacks or objections we get from somebody. And one of the common ones might be, hey, look, I'm really busy. I don't have time. So as an example with that, we need to make that excuse because it's not a valid objection at all. It's just an excuse. We need to make we need to make their excuse the reason why they should have time with us. Yeah. So when they go, hey, look, I'm really busy. We need to say, hey, that's that's exactly the reason why it makes sense for us to just get 20 minutes together. I've got some ideas on how you can get time back in your day. Right. So like this this will give you time back. Yeah. It's fine time. Right. So you know if 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 someone says I'm already using zero, like you know maybe they'll say that. Hey, I already use zero. Hey, hey, great. You know, I work really closely with zero. I've got some ideas on how you can, and then talk about getting even better outcomes from using someone like something like zero or MYOB, right? And, and even say, hey, look, whether you ended up, uh, you know, 
uh, whether we end up working together or not, um, mm. I've got some ideas for you that'll help you with what you're doing with zero anyway. How's your calendar for 20 minutes next week? Yeah. Right. So I always ask for 20 minutes or 40 minutes because if you ask okay. for 20 minutes, you get half an hour in someone's calendar. If you ask for 40 minutes, you get an hour in their calendar. But it doesn't sound like you're a professional visitor, coffee drinker who's trying to become their friend. <laughs> yes. Got purpose. So if you're more specific with the time, uh, then you're more likely to get a meeting as well. So the yep. sort of summary of all of this is stop talking about us and what we do and how it works, us and our attributes, stop that. Start talking about them and their opportunity for better results and make sure you have a point of view based on understanding that target industry that you work with or based on you knowing what the life typically is like of a, of a small entrepreneur, you know, with their own business. So if it's someone in retail, you, you need a point of view about how your services can improve their results as a small retailer, um, right? So, uh, and that's what will gain you access to people. Um, that's really the important thing. And then try and anticipate what would be people's typical pushbacks and make those the reason, right? So, hey, look, I know as a retailer, you're working incredibly long hours and you're super busy. Um, but I've got some ideas on how you can get time back in your life, right? And, yep. and free yourself up to focus on the things, you know, that you're doing on the internet to drive, to drive foot traffic into your store. If, for example, you knew, you knew that was a thing that mattered to that particular retailer, depending yep. on what segment in retail that they're in. But if you talk to the thing they care about, you'll get a meeting. So to give an example with me, I've got 320,000 uh, people as followers in LinkedIn as we record this. I get bombarded, absolutely bombarded. I literally nearly died in December, just gone. I found out, a, well, I didn't feel right. I got proactively checked out. Oh, I had a really? Blockage in my heart. Oh my gosh. Um, and it was in a part of the heart they call the widow maker. So you don't know you have a heart problem until it finally closes and you drop dead. So you, we often hear about people that look healthy and just die. Um, I had that issue. So, um, I decided in December I had to dramatically dial back all of my insanity. So I thought <laughs> yep. building my brand, social media and stuff. Yep. Um, but the issue for me is I'm time poor. So, and I've got all this great IP, two best-selling books, all of this stuff I do. If someone wanted to get to me, it's really simple. If they leverage a referral, and I know referrals are very important in the bookkeeping and accounting industries, but any professional services industry, referrals are everything. Because referrals start with a level of trust, right? And it's not a cold call. If you can combine referrals with trigger events, something that happens of relevance to that person, that's the fastest path to a client. We'll talk about that in a moment. But if you wanted to get to me, it's simply saying, hey, Tony, I was talking to Kian last week. He thought it would make sense for you and I to get together. I've got some ideas on how you can monetize your IP and get away from time for money. When can mm. we get 20 minutes? Mm. And you got your meeting, right? And you might be selling some online e-learning software product. You start talking about your e-learning product. I am instantly uninterested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no time. I don't have time to go look at, I don't want to no. know software in my life. You know, is no. the way I feel. Now, I might need some online software if I want to get away from time for money, but talk about the thing that I want. What I want is I want to monetize my IP and get away from all of the time and travel for money. Right, so so that's how you get access to me. All of us yep. watching this, listening to this, needs to think, what does that mean for me as a bookkeeper with a particular client that I'm chasing? Wow. 
so many points in that that I just thought, wow, like firstly, you're really joining a lot of the dots together in my head in what you're sharing. So um, if that's happening to me, I'm assuming that's happening to our audience as well, because these are really the things that we've been giving a lot of thought to. And so there's a few missing pieces of the puzzle going in there. Um, and um, secondly, I just want to, I mean, when you said about the, you, you know, you were talking about how active you were on LinkedIn and everything. And when you said you had a heart attack, I thought you meant as in, as a response to all of the messages. And then I realized you were saying you literally, you literally had had a heart attack. So um, firstly, I'm, you know, I feel very privileged to, you know, that you're still, well, I'm, I mean, I'm glad that you're still here, but I'm very privileged that you've made the time to, okay. to come and speak to us. And, and, you know, I'm glad that you got to, I'm, I'm glad you saw my LinkedIn message. So I first came across you, um, you were doing an interview with Michelle Pizer. So she was my executive, she was my executive coach uh, for a season uh, through a, quite a tough time. And um, yeah, she's lovely. So um, I'd sort of been following you from there and you were talking on her podcast about, you were talking about cold calling and you were talking about LinkedIn. And when you were talking about LinkedIn, I was thinking to myself, oh God, not LinkedIn. Like I, I, I was in the typical place that a lot of our audience are in now thinking like LinkedIn is just a website for people that want to get jobs. And it's a place where when, as soon as you sign up, as soon as your friend signs up, everybody gets in, invited and you can't escape the system. And that's kind of how it felt for many years. And you get on there and you just get spammed all the time. And you started talking about it. And I thought, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And so, like, so I actually went onto your LinkedIn profile and I started following you because I actually disagreed with you until I started to hear your message and, I, and read your books. And I thought, oh my goodness, like there was, there was so much wisdom in what you were saying. And it made me realize how, I guess, how immature I was in my own business journey. And so, you know, the growth that's come from that has been fantastic. So, um, congratulations. Yeah. 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 Thank you. So, um, yeah, so I guess that probably sort of segues us into, um, to talking about LinkedIn because, you know, a lot of our clients are not on LinkedIn yet. They've maybe they've had an account that's been sitting there dormant for 10 years or something like that. So, Okay. Well, yep. let me, let me, um, let me jump in. So, mm. uh, four and a half years ago, I went out on my own. Um, I've got clients, I'm busy, I'm making money. Life is good. And I start coaching and mentoring a guy out in New York, uh, on big complex enterprise selling. And about three weeks into it, um, you know, it's all going great. Uh, and he says to me, it's still all is great by the way, but <laughs> But he, but he says to me, hey, Tony, your, your stuff is mind-boggling. Um, it's making mm. a huge difference. It's the best IP I've seen in the world on this stuff. Wow. <laughs> Nobody knows who you are. When, when are you mm. this about LinkedIn? And like you did back then, I just sort of groaned and rolled my eyes. <laughs> I said, I said, mate, you know, who in the world has got time for all of that narcissistic blasting and spamming talking into an echo chamber in social media um you know i got real clients i'm working 12 13 hours a day um i don't i don't have time to to be in linkedin all day long um now long story short over about a three or four week period because we were talking every week he convinced me that I was actually wrong. So this became like a reverse mentorship. I was coaching him on, you know, complex enterprise. Mm. And he convinced me I needed to get serious about brand. Um, and I was, I was just so wrong. So let me tell everybody watching and listening to this uh, what they need to know about LinkedIn. The first thing is 
All of us need to go and be where our market is and where our customers are. That's, that's the first thing. So if all of your customers are in Facebook, if you're, if you're a bookkeeper for, for retailers, right, they've all got a Facebook presence, you need to go be where your clients are. If you're selling um, to white collar professionals, they are all, like almost without exception, in LinkedIn. Let me yeah. give you some mind-boggling stats about LinkedIn. There's, there's 500, as we record this, there's 580 million members of LinkedIn worldwide and two people join every second. There's 10 million members of LinkedIn in Australia. Uh, everyone either has or is going to get very shortly a LinkedIn profile. Even in government, which was, you know, one of the last areas to really embrace LinkedIn. And if you think about Australia's population and how many, you know, white collar workers there are, like 10 million is about saturation, right? So uh, if you take out kids, retired people. Um, now, he, here's the thing. People do a LinkedIn profile because it's how they're going to get their next job. So whether it's because they know this is going to help them get their next job because recruiters search LinkedIn to find people. And if they apply for a job, the employer is going to look at their LinkedIn profile before they ever decide to get them in for an interview. So for the law of self-interest reason of, I need to enhance my chances of getting my next job and advancing my career, even to get a promotion internally, people will look at someone's LinkedIn profile above and you never typically know that it's been done. So that's one reason they create it. The other reason that people can create a LinkedIn profile is just for narcissistic reasons, right? <laughs> they, they just, of course. They, 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 they <laughs> yeah. Think, right? So everyone's got an ego. And so all of us watching and listening to this need to move away from, for ourselves, hmm. move away from having LinkedIn as our online CV to instead have LinkedIn as our online personal website. Now, LinkedIn was around before Facebook, if you can believe that. And Microsoft mm. LinkedIn a few wow. years ago. I didn't know. For $26,200 million US, $26.2 billion, and LinkedIn had never made a profit. Right? So if Microsoft's willing to pay $26 billion for something, <laughs> yeah. should, should, I, should I get involved in LinkedIn? It's, it's <laughs> the low pages. It's the, mm. the business social graph. It shows you how people... Uh, are connected to other people. Yeah. If you want to get to somebody, their LinkedIn profile is their personal website that shows where they went to school, what they're thinking, who they're connected to, who they've yeah. worked for. Right? It gives you huge, huge insight. Because one of the laws of being good at selling is you need to research before you engage. You should never do it. Yes. You do warm calls. You do a bit of homework. Yep. So you LinkedIn profile, go, wow, well, there's three common connections I've got with this person. You contact those three people, say, how well do you know them? I know them really well. I've even done this and someone has said, hey, Tony, I'm actually having a glass of wine with Mary on Thursday night after work. Why don't you come along? I'll introduce you, right? It's, it's just yep. amazing. It completely gets rid of, of cold calling. And the thing for, you know, us as people and especially for bookkeepers that aren't sellers, you know, when mm. it starts to run cold, the blood will drains from our face, just thinking about the concept of picking up the phone and calling. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's just, it's not us. Yeah. But if, if you get into LinkedIn, you can use it to find referrals and monitor for trigger events, things that have happened. And an example of a trigger event is a new person in a role. So new people into roles are hired to affect change, right? So mm. again, the businesses you're selling to, um, but, uh, you know, if you're doing B2B, 
um, which you know which everybody is a new person in for a role is looking to affect change if someone's just won a new big contract you know like that's changed their business world they're thinking man I'm, i need to get rid of some of these lower order lower value tasks i'm doing in the business right so if someone w wins a big contract um or a new customer or a new person joins an organization um you know or there's a big new round of funding or there's legislative changes that go on if the ato introduces some things that make mm. book and accounting even more onerous you know like that's a trigger event because it gets people thinking about man maybe now's the time i need to get someone else doing this in my business if the, the fact that maybe they're hiring people, their business is scaling, you know, is a reason they need to get a bookkeeper involved in their business. So think about referrals and trigger events as making selling easy and LinkedIn is the platform that enables you to do it. Yeah, that's right. And you, um, you had one, thing that, one thing that you said in there, where you talked about uh, LinkedIn um, being an online personal website or, a, a, you know, a place where you present your personal brand as opposed to an online CV, because that's very much the way that we've traditionally viewed LinkedIn. And that's, that's actually what I first started hearing you speak about when you were talking on Michelle Pies's podcast, you were, you were actually speaking about personal branding and this was completely new. This was something I'd never actually even heard about. And so I'm assuming our audience, some of them probably haven't heard about any of this at all. It's completely a new um, field. So um, did you want to talk a little bit more about the specifics of LinkedIn? Because I think some of what you've talked about is related to the, is that the sales navigator that you're talking about with no, the no, updates? Or that's, yeah, well, that's yeah, the regular LinkedIn? Yes, that's just regular. So let me, let me describe that. And by the way, um, the mm. thing I'll do, Amy, is in, in your notes for this podcast or show, Yes, uh, I'll give you an email link to an article I published in LinkedIn about how to create an awesome LinkedIn profile. And oh, yes, yes. that was the one I read. That's, yeah, the, that's the one that got me into your, yeah, into your so following. Yeah. So, so wow. talk about LinkedIn. There's, yep. there's three versions of LinkedIn. There's free. Yes. Like just a free version. Um, it was very generous of LinkedIn to give the gift to the world of everyone being able to create their own personal website. Like yeah. Obviously monetize that world. <laughs> yes, there's that's free. right. Then there's a premium LinkedIn profile that you pay for. Yep. And then there's a separate product you can subscribe to at LinkedIn called Sales Navigator. Now, I don't think anyone listening to this really needs Sales Navigator, mm -hmm. but I'll just describe what it is in a second. So the difference between free and premium is that if you're on free and you run a search in LinkedIn, so if you search for Amy Hook in LinkedIn, there may be 27 Amy Hooks in the world that have LinkedIn profiles. Mm. But when an individual does a search, the only results that come back for them are the ones that are within their, their authorized degrees of connection. Yes. And if yep. you're on free, all LinkedIn's giving you access is two, two degrees. degrees. Yep. Okay. So for, for example, everybody watching this or listening to this should connect to me, right? So go and connect to me, Tony Hughes in LinkedIn. Cause if you yep. do, I've got 20,000 first degree connections. Right. And what yep. happens is you open up the database, right? So you've got to find nodes in the network that open mm. up the database. If you want to wrap it. Oh yeah. Increase, wow. Right? So, so if you're going to search a database, the more records in that database, the more valuable that is for you. Right. So if you ever do a search and someone's not there, it's not that they don't have a LinkedIn profile necessarily. It's just likely they're outside they're your outside network. your network. Yep. And that's why you can Brilliant. run a Google, a Google search and find people's LinkedIn profile when you can't find it in LinkedIn. That's actually why, because LinkedIn allow Google to index and search the entire database yep. wherever anybody's selected public as their information 
flag with information. So first thing is on uh, free, you've got limited uh, search results and degrees of connection and limited search filters mm -hmm. is the first thing. Um, if you go into LinkedIn to look at who's looked at your profile, if you're on free, it only shows you that for the last three days. If you're on premium, it will show you who's looked at your profile in the last 90 days. And in premium, you get now a third degree of connection when you run search. So it opens mm -hmm. up the database more. Um, and you get more search filters. Um, they're really the main things. You get slightly re better representation of brand. But if you look at LinkedIn as a database for you to use as a business to go find clients, then I, I would suggest have premium. Now with Sales Navigator, it's a separate, completely separate platform. And they give you yep. a, a, um, a premium profile as well. But what Navigator does is it enables you to uncrack the entire LinkedIn database and it gives you many, many more search filters. So if you set for arguments, say, okay, I'm going to go up to Brisbane in two weeks time uh, for a few days. I want to, I want to get, you know, a mm. dozen appointments with potential clients while I'm up there. Like you might think my target market is, is um, small solicitors and lawyer firms. So you think, okay, I'm going to go to Brisbane. I want to find all of the solicitor lawyer firms with less than, than 12 employees in, in Brisbane, Sales Navigator will help you do that. And then when you look at each of those firms, it'll show you who all of the key people are. And you say, okay, and the people I want to talk to is anybody that's got um, principal, partner, chief in their title. Um, what Navigator will do is go bang, here they are. Now we found uh, 63 um, companies and here's all the contacts in those companies that have got these keywords in their titles. Uh, or within their LinkedIn profile. Um, and then you can send them an, an in-mail. So in-mail is what LinkedIn called their web-based email on their platform. And again, if you're on free, you cannot send an in-mail to anybody unless they're a first degree connection. But if you've got Navigator, you can send in-mails to people even if they're not a first degree connection. Um, so that's why maybe you'd want Navigator. And in, in Aussie dollars, Navigator is around $1,000 a year um, for someone to have. Um, but if you're selling into white collar B2B um, and to larger organizations, then Navigator is absolutely worthwhile. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, traditionally bookkeepers are very heavily um, weighted towards Facebook. So there's a large bookkeeping communities on Facebook, um, you know, which is, you know, I mean, we do a lot of work within the Facebook network because that's where our clients are. And that's what made me when I first heard you speak about LinkedIn, I was thinking from a very narrow perspective, which is, well, this is where we are. But I wasn't thinking beyond that for our clients who are bookkeepers who are looking for their, their potential clients. So I think that's, you know, that's really a big shift in well, the Amy, can, can let's jump in on that so here, yes here, please here's the thing if, if if you as a bookkeeper are targeting markets where your clients are all big in facebook yeah facebook is your platform that's right that's, that's right go be where your clients are right? that's right yeah but if you were if you were targeting for example um solicitors right what i would argue is well they would have a facebook page too but linkedin is a really powerful place for going and targeting solicitors. well that's right and lawyers with facebook pages that when they're on Facebook, they're looking at photos of their cousins and stuff like that. They're not really, you know, they're not necessarily there to buy something to look for business. So it's a different mindset on Facebook. Yeah. So, so the, so the key thing is go engage where your clients are, but even, even if 95% of the market you target, if you're targeting tradies, right, they will absolutely be all on Facebook, right? Yeah, they don't that's really right. care about LinkedIn, but here's the no. thing. Go be where your customers are. But if you run outreach to somebody, 
and they were thinking about replying to you and responding, often people will do a bit of a Google search on you or they go and have a look before they decide to. And that's where your LinkedIn profile is really important. Yep. LinkedIn is not you know, just important because it's, it's an outreach channel to try and mm. get to people. It's important as a research platform and it's, as, it's important because when people look at you, it's where they see your brand. It's where they see your brand and your level of credibility and the quality of your network. So, mm. so you need to get LinkedIn sorted out from a personal branding point of view, even if you're not going to use it as a sales channel, right? So, so you still need it either way. Absolutely. And so I, yeah, I mean, I'd love you to talk more about personal branding now that we're, now that we're on that topic, because you, you have mentioned that a couple of times. So yeah. like, what is a personal brand just to sort of start with the basics really? Well, you've just got to ask yourself the question when, when, when people look for me online, what is it they find? So let me just give you a little bit of surprising information maybe for people listening to this is if you on your own laptop computer, do a search of your own name, <laughs> the results you get back are not, they are not what the rest of the world sees. So what a lot, a lot of people don't understand is there's a mm. thing out there called the Google bubble. Yes. <laughs> so whenever anybody runs a Google search, Google with its algorithms preemptively tries to anticipate what it is you're really looking for. Yep. So, so for, for example, if someone typed into Google Bush, what Google knows is, is this person interested in the forest or the trees? <laughs> or the president. Interested in an engineering bushing, like yep. an engineering bushing and a bearing. Yep. Or are they interested in American politics? politics? Yep, that's right. right. Same as if someone searches Star Wars, Google knows, are they interested in the movie, the George Lucas movie, Star Wars? Are they interested mm -hmm. in system star wars are they interested in mm. how all of the hollywood stars you know all <laughs> right so yeah. google knows that you know if you if you search for for middle east you know it'll know we're interested in middle east tourism middle east food or middle east terrorism like it, yeah. google just has a what it is that interests you based on the other things that wow yep so um, so with personal branding, if someone puts in your name, what is it they find? And if you search anybody's name, often their LinkedIn profile comes up, right? Often, yeah. Often it comes up. So when they click on that, what you want them to see is a representation that's warm and engaging and shows the value that you can provide. Right? Yeah. That's, that's really all you're wanting to do. So you're wanting a warm, friendly, smiling photo, <laughs> um, uh, when I when I run my own program, I've, I've got the LinkedIn profile of, a, of an accountant, a lady here in Western Sydney, um, and I put up her profile as a really great example of someone that's nailed their personal brand. Um, so uh, if, if you like, I'll email that to you after mm -hmm. the show notes as well. Definitely. But let me talk about what she does in Western Sydney. Okay. So, so, which, so rather than having her name and saying, CEO of her own firm that's named after herself rather than say that yes <laughs> what 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 she says is um improving accounting processes for small businesses in western sydney right S specializing in myb and zero right is what she's got in her headline so you go mm -hmm. oh, okay yeah. so if i want to simplify accounting and i'm a small business in western sydney maybe she could help me um that she's got a, a great photo that's really engaging the next thing she does is she publishes articles. So what she does every year with the federal budget here in Australia, when the federal budget is announced on budget night, two weeks prior to budget night, 
the government leaks all of the negative stuff to take the oxygen out of any negativity on the night. And then they just say one or two positive things to announce on the night. So what she does is she drafts up an article in LinkedIn. So you can publish her articles in LinkedIn. She publishes an article, what the budget means to small business in Western Sydney. And she just puts in there. So anybody in a small business, here's, here's the ways the budget can benefit you. So what she's doing is she's sharing a little bit of her IP. She's sharing some advice without asking for money to show some value for people. And what she does in the way that she, she does all of this is she shows genuine insight. Mm-hmm. So um, that's a great way of, of, of doing all of those things. She makes sure that her mobile phone number is in a LinkedIn profile. So if someone wants to contact her, they can. Um, so she's just represented her personal brand really, really well. She talks about the value that she can provide and the values by which she operates. And she shows that she's got insights and she's happy to share information. <clears throat> and what happens for potential clients is they look at this and they go, wow, I wish my damn accountant, you know, would, would send me something that tells me what the budget means for me rather than wanting to charge me, you know, $235 an hour for the privilege. Yeah. <laughs> so, so she's, she's attracting and engaging potential clients and that's the strategy you want in social media. Yep. Like, you don't know, spend your life in there. You don't need to be a narcissist, but you just think, how can I attract and engage people who are potential clients uh, by mm. providing some value for them rather than banging on about me and what I do and trying to sell to them. Just yeah. Put some value. And if people start to engage, they'd say, Hey, would it, would it make sense to have a coffee? You know? So it, it doesn't need to be hard sell and nothing really needs to be cold. There's no need for people to cold call yet. We all need to get on the phone. Everybody needs to, mm. to develop business, avoiding yeah. the phone, treating the phone like it's covered in spiders. Is <laughs> fail. So we need to get on the phone, but the thing is we can warm things up. You can use LinkedIn to start some engagement, to do some research, to find a common connection. Um, and then when you call the person, it's not cold. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. Wow. So yeah, just so much in there. And um, I, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, we've got, I guess we've got about 10 minutes left, but um, you know, did you want to talk a little bit? Cause what, what you've sort of talked about is, you know, build, you're building up these um, relationships with people because I mean, not everyone's ready to buy straight away. So I think sometimes we think sales means finding a person and meeting with them and getting them to buy something straight away, but everybody's on a different journey. And so, you know, you, I mean, you talk, um, I've heard you talk about um, the sales pipeline and things like that. I never knew what it was. I never even knew it existed until I heard you speak. So did you want to talk a little bit about, you know, what that looks like for a bookkeeper? Yeah. So look, and, and even, even hardcore dedicated professional salespeople, mm-hmm. even them should never spring from the bushes and assault somebody <laughs> with a value proposition, right? Yes. Um, you know, you would... All, all of the rules that apply in the physical world should apply in social media. You, know, you, yep. you never meet somebody, oh, you know, how are you? And then you jump in and start selling to them. No. Minutes, right? So, yeah. So um, the the thing that a bookkeeper should really think about, actually, I forgot the question. What was the question again? Well, it, it was about helping them understand what the sales pipeline actually is oh, and what that looks yeah. like for a bookkeeper and how it relates to, okay. you know, connects okay, so, to build, yeah. So the thing is, at any given point in time, what, 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 what the statistics tell us is at any given point in time, there's only 3% of the market are in the buying window of looking at changing, right? So, so if you made 100 phone calls, statistically, three of those people would be open to changing bookkeeper at the moment. 97% mm-hmm. wouldn't. 
Mm. So, um, so, so that's the reality. Yep. And the idea of, of nurturing a sales pipeline is making sure that people that are a good fit against your ideal customer profile, right? And they, in other words, they, they share your values, philosophies, they're willing to work on the accounting tools that you use, for example. If, like if you go, I only work with people that use zero, like if, if that was the case, then that's part of your ICP. Unless they're willing to work on zero, they're not a fit, right? You don't want exceptions to the rule for you mm, as mm. a business. So if you've got people that fit the profile, but they're not ready yet, you know, they go, man, I've just got so much on in my life right now. I'm, you know, I'm not happy with my current accountant, but um, I don't have my act together. He's got all of the IP. Like I, you know, I, I need to, I need to get my act together before I'm ready to have a conversation with you. You go, great. Okay. Look, I'll, I'll make a note. How about you get through this financial year. And when you do your taxes with, you know, your accountant and, and bookkeeper for this fiscal year, make sure that they give you X, Y, Z, and then how about you and I sit down and have a conversation, I'll contact you in September, right? So you just, you're basically diarising that. And what it is, that's someone that's in your pipeline. So they're not a client mm -hmm. yet, yep. but they're in the sales pipeline to potentially become one. So what all of us need is, if you think about how much new business revenue that you need in your business for you to meet your own goals, you've got to get three to five times that in qualified sales pipeline. That's, that's the rule in business. Yeah. So if you think, you know, I need, I need 10 more clients this year, you know, for me to make my goals, right? What I, I would argue is you need 30 to 50 prospective clients, right? That you're, that you're working with. And what that does is it takes the pressure um, out of the process of, of selling and winning a new client. And you just focus where there's alignment, there's alignment with values, with timing um, and, and with the process of how they're going to, going to decide who, who it is that they go with and if you run good pipeline what happens is you tend to eliminate competition because if you're depending on leads coming to you out of facebook or linkedin or your website you're in trouble because if a lead comes to you they're already talking to other bookkeepers as well right so what you want to do is you want to target people you think would be an ideal customer target them early and if there's interest you know uh, keep them swimming around the boat, you know, just, just sort of mm. nurture this thing until they, until they're ready to come on board. Um, and that's what takes the stress out of business development. Yeah. Wow. Every, yeah. It, it, it really does. I mean, um, yeah. And I think, I mean, we can all relate to that experience where you're speaking to a salesperson who just doesn't seem to get that you're not ready, but you are interested in finding out more. And when a salesperson is able to say to you, um, you know, hey, uh, now's not the right time, but, you know, it could be a budget thing, it could be a personal thing, it could be any reason why it's not the right timing. When a salesperson is willing to actually recognise, even before you say it potentially, that it's not the right time and to, you know, and um, it, it, to me what that shows is that they have listened. That yeah. person has listened enough and they care enough to listen and pay attention to be able to even recognize that in the first place, because sometimes even the client doesn't recognize that for themselves, that it's, you know, until you sort of start having the conversation and that's when they realize that they're not quite ready and to be able to be willing to not say, Oh, well, you're not interested. See you later. You know, there's a popular thing of calling people um, tire kickers. You know, if someone comes along and they're not ready to buy straight away or they have to think about the price, you know, it's very common in our industry to go, Oh, they're just tire kickers. Whereas that person, you know, they, they could be an ideal client, you know, in 12 months time or, you know, yeah. whenever.
So, well, Amy, let me, because I'm just conscious of time. I've just got a couple okay. of minutes. Let me, let me, let me finish on what I think is a real gold. Beautiful. Go for it. This. So, yep. so whenever a lead comes to us, so whenever any bookkeeper gets a lead, there's a question you need to ask the person, right? Because the, the, the lead will be asking you lots of questions about your services and how much you charge, right? But what you want to ask them is, hey, do you mind if I ask what's happened in your business that's caused you to think about changing bookkeeper mm-hmm. or the way you're doing your books, right? So what's happened in your business that's caused you to want to change the way you're doing your books? And the degree to which the person will actually engage in that conversation and let you know is the degree to which you're likely to win or not, right? So unless there's a two-way yeah. sharing of information, it's not a good process. Yeah. And if we if we try and pitch to people and they say, oh, can you send me a proposal or send me information? Often that's just them fobbing us off, giving us something to do to get rid of us. Yeah. Right. So often people that say, oh, look, I'm interested, but it's not the right time. Often they're they're not really interested. They're just being polite. Right, and the enemy for all of us in life is wasting our time. Right, there's yep. not a limit. There's no. There's no limit in market. There's no limit in opportunity. There's just a limit in the number of hours in the day that we've got available to do business development. Yep. For service clients, so we just need to think. Time is the precious thing. So, so what's? Mm. We don't say this to the prospect. No. <laughs> just say, hey, look, you mind if I ask what's happened that's caused you want to look at the way you do mm. your books? Mm. They won't engage. I oh, know. Just give me your price. They're probably just shopping around to avoid buyer's remorse. You know, mm. what they're thinking you're going with. Yeah. You want to engage early with people and create, you know, that emotional connection because that's why people buy. They yeah. buy because they feel they like and trust the, the, the person that they do business with and that you can provide the right level of value. But when people say that they, they, uh, they lost on price, it's almost never price, right? Pr- yep. Price is the excuse the buyer gives. It just is the easiest thing to say to get rid of us. Yeah. Lose because we didn't build the right relationship with the person. Wow. Fantastic. Great, great point to end on. Thank you so much for sharing that. And, um, you know, thank you for your time and coming along, um, you know, to speak to the bookkeepers and um, yeah, I'm sure everything's been uh, very helpful and I'd love to pass on the link. So Tony will give a couple of links and we'll pop them in the transcript. And um, yeah, for for everyone else, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for, you know, tuning in every week. And um, yeah, we we just uh, always love to be able to share different ideas with you to, to help you to, um, you know, build your business and um, yeah. So I'll, I'll see you next week and um, have a great one. And Amy, if I can just, if, Oh yeah. <laughs> sorry, Amy, if, if, no. if, if people do want other information, I publish a lot of stuff in LinkedIn. So yep. connect to me in LinkedIn. Definitely. Uh, websites, tonyhughes.com.au. That's my author and speaker mm-hmm. website. And for sales methodologies, if you're interested in prospecting and winning bigger yep. deals, that's RSVP selling. Yep. Um, so thanks, Amy. Th- thanks, everyone. I'll see yep. you. Awesome. Thank you, Tony. See you guys. Hey, welcome to the Bookkeeper's Voice, the go-to business management podcast for Australian bookkeepers running a business. Tune in for practical lessons, inspiring stories, guest speakers, and resources to help you work smarter in the way you do business. And now your host, Amy Hook, is here to help you build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love.
Thank you for listening to another episode of The Bookkeeper's Voice. We'll be back next week, so make sure you subscribe to get future episodes via your favourite podcast app. And if you love this episode, jump on and leave us a review. Are you looking for some resources to help build a more profitable business while creating a savvy brand that your clients will love? Join the Savvy Bookkeeper Facebook page or head to our website, thesavvybookkeeper.com.au. Until next time, stay savvy.